Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. According to my online dictionary, the word feminism means the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes, end quote. Sounds pretty straightforward. Well, not so fast. Dr. Jennings insists that there are two kinds of feminism, and I'll let him explain. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, what are your thoughts on this subject? Right. So what I'm describing is what I call godly feminism versus an ungodly or worldly feminism. Mm -hmm. But before we can get into that, I want to establish what I believe God's original design for the sexes was. He created Adam and Eve in the garden as equals. Eve was taken from his side, not from his head to rule over him, not from his foot to be ruled over by. She was taken from a rib from his side as evidence that they were to be co-equals, equal in moral worth, and they were to be equal in the way they were treated by God as beings, equal in how God's laws impacted and, and reacted to them. In other words, they were equal moral beings, but they were not equal in abilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God specifically and purposely designed men and women with different abilities. And the reason he designed them with different abilities was because he wanted them in the unity of love, the two shall be one. And as a joint unity of love with two individuals of equal worth, but different abilities, when they joined in love, they become greater than either one by themselves. They become able to achieve things that neither by themselves can. The most obvious and still easy for people to see today is having children. Mm. The two together can achieve something that neither one can by themselves when they come into that unity of love. But that is not the only difference. They are able to do this because they have different abilities in that process of procreation. We also have different abilities, men and women, and how we process information, how we relate to the world around us. And as we come into the unity of love and God's design, the married couple are greater together than either one by themselves in God's design. Mm-hmm. Adam was created in the image of God, and God is love. Eve was created as a helper and for this exact thing I'm trying to teach you here, and that is Adam could not enter into the fullness of godlike love without someone for Adam to serve, without someone for Adam to give of himself to build up. And Eve was built to receive that love from Adam and flow it back to Adam and other centered service for Adam to build him up. And so in that unity, and all of us who've had healthy, loving marriages know that in that marriage, our capacity for love expands way more than it would as an individual without that marriage. And so the two together, are greater in multiple ways than either one by themselves. Does that make sense? It does. It does. But Dr. Jennings, I have to ask, what happened? What on earth happened to that ideal? Right. So this design was fractured when Adam and Eve broke trust with God. And when they broke trust, lies believed, break the circle of love and trust, and broken love and trust result in fear and selfishness. And so instead of love being the primary motive in a perfect trust relationship, fear and selfishness took the place. And in the world today, that is known as survival of the fittest, watching out for number one. And God accurately comes along after they have sinned and diagnoses what now will be the new state of affairs. He says to Eve, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. 
Those who misunderstand God's law and think God runs his universe like a human dictator making up rules and using power to force his way hear that and misconceive and think this is God's new standard and how relationships should work. Not at all. Those of us who understand that God is the creator and his laws are the laws that reality are actually built upon, like the laws of physics, the law of gravity, including the moral laws and the law of love, understand that God is simply diagnosing or describing what the new reality is. And what he said there was, now, Eve, that sin has happened, the strong will dominate the weak, and the weak will seek protection from the strong. Your desire will be for your husband, and he's going to rule over you. That's what was happening. It's the new reality. This is not how God designed things to be. And sadly, though, because of the misunderstanding and the sin, many people read the Bible and use it as a justification to dominate women or to dominate their spouses. Interestingly enough, as sad as this new state was that God's design's broken, they're no longer entering into that unity to the full extent that God would have it. Men are now exploiting and dominating women to a great degree across the history of the human race. God also knew and later revealed to the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 2.15, women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness. Sadly, again, those who see God's law as imperial, like a dictator, think that, oh, God is making a rule that women should stay home and be baby factories. Not at all. This is, again, design law. God is simply telling us a new reality again and pronouncing the power of love that is magnified in the heart of a woman when she becomes a mother. It is the power of love that keeps one safe from fear and selfishness. It's love that overcomes, love that heals, love that cures the disease of sin. And in childbirth, a woman experiences the greatest potency of human love possible, something men don't experience to that level. And neurobiologically, we know that the largest surges of oxytocin a person can experience happen in the first three hours after childbirth, and the mother's brain rewires with an intense love for her child, one far beyond any love she previously experienced. And this love battles the temptations of selfishness and leads her to a greater likelihood of living a life of self-sacrificial love to the benefit of her family. You know, I think you've just identified, for me at least, one of the major problems that we have as society, and especially as men and women, we look at today's sin-ridden design laws and think, there's our standard, and if I, if I meet that standard, I'm okay. But you're saying, no, 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 look back, go back, go back to the original design laws that God had in mind. That should be our standard. Am I right saying that? You're exactly right. And so this increased love a woman experienced in in childbirth, and it really is real, and mothers know how powerful that love is, leads women to have a greater sense of commitment to the family, willingness to sacrifice. But the sad reality is because we're in a world of sin now, and men who are unconverted to Christ are self-centered arrogant, prideful, willing to exploit, take advantage, will dominate and rule over them. When a man experiences, comes to Christ and experiences a genuine conversion, he dies to selfishness and self, and he is from that moment forward, according to Scripture, live like Christ, which means he loves his wife like Christ loved the church, sacrificing himself for her. But that new standard moving back toward an equality where we treat our wives with self-sacrificial love as God designed Adam to do in Eden, that is only possible as we come to Christ and experience the rebirth experience. 
So God's principles, when they're practiced of truth, love, and freedom, will people will experience peace, wellness, development, maturity, growth, health, and happiness. But Satan's principles, lies, selfishness, coercion, damage people, incite fear, insecurity, corruption, stagnation, decline, immaturity, sickness, and misery. And so those two methods being practiced with understanding now God's design and then the infection of fear and selfishness, we can now answer this question of godly feminism versus ungodly feminism. All right. You've expressed to us the problem, and you do that so well. Now do something else you do well. Express to us the solution. So the godly feminism is always going to be the restoration of God's perfection in women. That's what it's going to be. They become more and more like God. Ungodly feminism is going to make them more and more like the selfish world. And we can now break that down and look at it. Throughout history, men have been more violent, more domineering, more sexually promiscuous than women. Women throughout history in general have been less violent, more peaceful, more submissive, and more faithful and chaste than men. And historically, it's been these qualities of love selflessness, and faithfulness in women based on that increased love, I think is really coming from childbirth, that have held families together despite the abuses and the exploitations of the men. It's a sad reality of history that one that still incurs in various places of the world today that self-centered men have abused and exploited women, denied them education, treat them like property, traded them, denied them leadership roles, denied them opportunity to fill God's calling, denied them opportunity to develop their full potential in education and so forth, denied them equal pay. It's a sad reality that these exploitations and abuses of women have occurred. It is certainly godly to treat every human being equally under the law. That's a godly thing. And I think maybe the feminist movement perhaps started out originally intending simply to stop this exploitive and mistreatment of women and sought genuine equality. And I support that. However, I'm concerned that the feminist pursuit of equality has over time developed a major error in application. Namely, it has made the goal of equality to be equal to unconverted, self-centered, and exploitive men. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so what I'm going to say specifically is this, that worldly feminism movement has been to corrupt women by teaching that to be equal to men means this. You must be equally promiscuous, have as many sexual partners as you want. You must be equally selfish. Don't worry about sacrificing for others, but only watch out for yourself to get ahead. You must be equally career-oriented. Don't have children, but if you do, don't sacrifice your career to raise them. Put them in daycare and advance yourself. It's all about you getting ahead, women. Don't become like Christ and sacrifice for the welfare of others. I think this is the worldly feminism, and it is corrupting the character of women who embrace it and pursue it. I want to say again, though, activities that seek actual equality, such as equal pay for equal work, are righteous, and we should pursue those activities to treat people equally. But I want women to resist this idea that to be equal, you must be equally debased as unconverted, unchristlike men. <laughs> wow. Dr. Jennings, you are just really knocking them out of the ballpark here. I like what you're saying there, that there is a feminism, and we need to strive for that feminism, but it needs to be a godly feminism, not the ungodly standard that has come about because of sin, because of error, because of rejection of God's word. 
I want to say that the real movement towards equal treatment of women is actually to get men to convert to Christ oh, and become wow. like Jesus in character. Oh, wow. And when men really become like Christ and begin sacrificing themselves to build up and promote the well-being of women, women will be treated equally. So we get equal treatment, not by women becoming more debased like men, but men becoming more like Christ. So even if women reach that standard that they want, where they have the original design and they're standing there completely in engulfed in the original design laws, if man has not also made that journey, it's not going to work. Well, in this world, selfishness in the heart will always cause the selfish to rule over and dominate the weak. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, in the last 30 seconds we have here, Dr. Jennings, what is something that a man can do today and a woman can do today to start that journey back to the original design law? Well, each person really needs to pursue that personal relation with Jesus Christ, spending time daily, meditating on God's word, meditating on the life of Christ, pursuing God's methods in science and nature, and then seeking to apply the methods to how we live our lives. All right. Very good, Dr. Tim Jennings. I invite you, listener, to a website, comeandreason.com. There are many books that Dr. Jennings has written. They're there waiting for you. Also, his blogs and his articles and his television programs, lots of good resources. You can leave a comment there, all at comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, you know, you really do open our eyes on these programs, and we appreciate that because what you're opening our eyes to is something that's been hiding in plain sight all along. Am I right in saying that? I think that's exactly right, and I just really want to alert good Christian women to pursue equality, but always the godly equality of and the godly feminism. Don't get seduced in pursuing the ways of the world. Amen. And until next time with Dr. Tim Jennings, this is Charles Mills wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. Together.